We have arrived. We yep. have arrived. Your samples from now. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Get fucked. September 3rd, week one, the shoe. Columbus, one of the most hostile environments in all of American sports. We got one of the biggest week one matchups I've seen in ever in college football. Um, two of the biggest brands, honestly, two of the biggest fan bases in all of football, uh, probably bigger than any NFL fan base because um, these brands are so national. Um, game day in Columbus, going to be down there, but um, I don't know. I can't wait. I know 17 and a half is the number that no one can get out of their heads right now across the country, being that it is a two versus five. Um, but Mart, welcome back. Um, what are we thinking? We're 17 and a half point dogs going into enemy territory week one, start of the Marcus Freeman era. First impressions. What are we thinking? I mean, first impression for me, just gambling wise, you got to take them to cover at least. I don't know. I know that big, um, the money line is, is tempting and I'll probably throw something on it, but yeah, I mean, 17 and a half, if they, if they don't cover 17 and a half, then it's going to be a long, longer season, no matter how good Ohio state is like, you can't, they're not going to be able to get to that next level. If you can't like, I, you got to be able to compete. You know what I mean? Put, put up an effort, but it is, it's going to be so, uh, so tough, just especially being at their home stadium too. that big, that kind of uh big 10 crazy environment. I, I guess you could say, it's it's a different atmosphere than like Notre Dame Stadium or some of those ACC games that ND plays. You know what I mean? So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Yeah, I mean, everything is setting up for a blowout. I feel like in um, who was I think Michael Mayer said, um, you know, if you're not a fan of ND, you're probably giving us no shot to win this one, and that's fine. That's probably 100% true. Um, being that we're close to three touchdown dogs. But you look at Ohio State, this Ohio State team, it is one of the most hyped up teams um, I've ever seen preseason. So they have three guys in the top seven for Heisman right now. Stroud, Henderson, and Smith and Jigba. You know, that's pretty unprecedented. I know Bama um, ended up with three guys pretty close in 2020 and Najee, Devante and Mac Jones. Um, but that was not the case, you know, ahead of the season here, you got maybe the best running back in the country, the best quarterback in the country and the best receiver in the country, all lining up against a team with a new look, um, a team that, you know, is coming off a year where they, yeah, we ended on the, the loss that crazy blow up loss against Oklahoma state. And that was kind of a, sour taste to start the Freeman era. But the one thing I keep holding on to is our strength is their weakness. If they have a weakness that it, their weakness would be um, the trenches. And when I say weakness, I more mean we outmatch them there on paper um, outside the numbers. Obviously they have maybe seven guys that would be our wide receiver one. Um, so there's no really debate there in terms of skill position. We got a, a run first quarterback while they have the best uh, quarterback prospect in the country in Stroud, a guy that's um, only two to, two to one to win the Heisman this year. But 
these games, I mean, no one is – you can't immortalize anyone early, this early. Um, you can put them to be the juggernaut that runs the table. That's what happens in college football. But we've seen great Ohio State teams lose to Purdue. We've seen Bama teams that look unstoppable, you know, put up a subpar game against the Ole Miss or an A&M. So the 17 and a half, it's not like the biggest deal in the world to me because at the end of the day, like we got a football game. We just got to got to win it, got to score more points than the other team. I just think that there is a route for Notre Dame to be competitive in this. I think so much has to go right for us to win it. But I don't think that you can you can't put a team at five to start the season and give them no chance to win their first game of the year. I think that's kind of unfair. I, you know, it's an interesting um, point that you could make just about this game is the blueprint is kind of out on how to beat this Ryan Day. Ohio. Like look at what Michigan did against them last year. Absolutely mauled them in the trenches. Hutchinson got home against Stroud. They ran the ball all game and hit a couple of big plays and they murdered them. You know what I mean? Not, I'm not saying that Notre Dame's going to murder them, but I feel like their team this year is pretty similar to what Michigan had last year. A good, good edge rusher, Bosky compared to Hutchinson. You got solid old line. Michigan had some animals up front, just just like Andy does this year, and and a solid one-two punch at running back. You know what I mean? And who was their quarterback last year? Michigan. It was kind of it was McCarthy. Wasn't, uh, McCarthy yeah. was mixing in. And he was, he's not like some world beater. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say Buckner is either, but it's so there's kind of similar matchups across the board. So it'd be interesting to see if they try and utilize some of the things that Michigan showed can, you can exploit against this team. And it's honestly, I guess you could say that Stroud and um, Henderson have another year under their belt, another off season to get stronger. But like that Ohio state team last year had two top 10, top 15 wide receivers. You know what I mean? It's Marvin Harrison's going to be fine, but they're going to miss Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson. There are two, I mean, there are two NFL receivers. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. I don't know. And yeah, obviously Smith and Jigba might be the pound for pound best receiver in the nation. Um, and same with Henderson, just to say it again, but I was seeing something interesting that, you know, Ohio state and Notre Dame aren't that different in that, yeah, Ohio State, they won their national championship. You know, Zeke, 12-gauge, they won their national championship, and they were the best team in the country that year. Um, we haven't gotten our, you know, natty from our era, but outside of that, it's not like Ohio State is beating great teams year in and year out. They take care – they mop the floor of the Big Ten. They – have they've had trouble with you know and I get everyone loves to say oh well these the Big Ten environments you know you go into a you know it's cold snowy day and fucking Minnesota and they give you you know a good two and a half quarters of football and then you pull away it's like well at the end of the day you're 10 times better your average player is a four star they have maybe one four star on the roster you should there's not really an excuse to be close in those games we saw the Justin Fields, Ohio State team, who was a shoe-in for a top two, three team in the country, basically going to the fourth quarter trailing in that Big Ten championship against Northwestern. 
you know, so I don't think that they're with the Alabamas who every year when they're up against the best team that they could play other than, you know, they can't play themselves. They take care of business. Ohio state doesn't get, I think they're they're on the same level as, as Notre Dame and that people love to hate on Notre Dame more in this regard because they're independent, but they don't really get tested that much. Obviously the Michigan game every year, which they usually take care of, but it's not like they're getting tested way more week in and week out with their great teams than Notre Dame. So this is a test on paper. They're much better, much more talented team, but it's a test. And I think that the Notre Dame squad is much more proud right now than they've been under Kelly. I think they want to go out and make a statement uh, more so than they ever did. I think they have a chip on their shoulder um, playing a team like Ohio state who there's history with um, the two teams that base that fight for fans, you know, North of the Mason Dixon line, it's really those two squads and everybody else. So I, I think that if, if Ohio state isn't expecting every shot to come and expecting there to be some, you know, adversity coming from the Irish, then, I, I hope they don't. I hope they don't because that's an advantage to us. Yeah. And also with the whole spread and everything, the fact that Notre Dame's coming in with a chip on their shoulder, all the pressure is on Ohio State too. There's no it seems like they're they're home and these they're coming in hungry, but the whole the whole country's expecting them to get smoked. And if if God forbid they get smoked, it's like, oh, okay, I mean, that was I guess expected. You know what I mean? But if and if they come in and, and stun them and Ohio State could be sitting there just like, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? So it, that that'll, will be interesting, too. With And they have a young quarterback. And so does I mean, Buckner is not going to pl- be played in any environment like like what he's going to face week one. But Stroud, it, it's he lost last year to week one. So it's it's interesting. I don't know. So I think that. A reason we struggled in tough games in games where we weren't completely just outclassing the team across from us in the Kelly era was that Kelly loved getting cute and loved getting away from his strengths. Like, you know, 33 trucking the, the years with McGlinchey and Nelson, it's like, you know, you don't have to pass the ball one fucking time today because the only time that we're, putting ourselves in a position to pass is when you're dropping back on first down or on second down and putting us behind the sticks to where you can't give it to Josh Adams. It's if you're putting them three, if you're going three straight first, second, third down inside outside zone, we eat clock. And there are very few front sevens that are stopping that because we have the most dominant line in the country. I think that if Notre Dame realizes their strength which is their o-line and having a triple threat rushing attack using all the different styles in rushing that we have and built using our o-line that's the only way that we can possibly take this one or or keep it you know respectable because buckner is not going to beat you through the air where buckner might beat you is if you're grounding, pounding, 
you know, first down, second down, move the sticks, you get them, you know, you get a, a low front seven who's committed to run and then you get a little, you know, throwback. We saw against that Oregon team last year, the weak side, because Oregon was hammering die and just going with the ground game, the weak side was open all night and they were get, doing these little throwbacks in the flats and the weak flats. And there was just so much space, so much real estate on the other side of the numbers on the other hash. So I think if you use Buckner's rushing, if you use um, Pyrie's speed and you, you know, you use guys like um, Logan Diggs and the Braden Lenzies where you're kind of spreading the field out, but keeping the ball on the ground, see if you can tire them out. See if you can get them in a position where you're eating clock and now they got to throw. But I think if we get away from that early, there's just no shot that we, we are not winning a shootout. You know, that is the last thing that will happen. But yeah. I think if we diversify the ground game and we just hit them a different directions, get creative in our, in our run scheming, like I think there's a shot that they're, they're not ready for it. And their, their big guys up front aren't, you know, going to be in mid season form. So I think that's how you put the pressure on them. Um, I think that's the only way that, you can maybe take some of the momentum into your favor against such a just air raid, high powered offense. Well, and it's, it's going to be the recipe for the whole season. Not even this game alone. If, if they can run the ball all season, they, and you have aside from maybe Bowers, the most dominant tight end that college football has seen in a while, like the, there's going to be Michael Mayer is going to live in the scene. The seam is going to be wide with the with the middle linebackers bearing down, and or even getting blocked if it's like a RPO type of thing. They could do so many different things with this with all the personnel that they have, and I think there a lot of defenses are going to struggle to stop it too. So aside from that, that's where Buckner is going to make his living, and that seems not a hard throw. You know what I mean? If you got the linebacker coming in. He can hit that 10 times out of 10. And then once that and, that, and then you can start develop your outside receivers, take your shots, and they're going to have to do that right away. They're going to have to give them every look that they can, switch things up. I wouldn't be – I got a prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if they go two running back, two tight end, like a, like a wing T formation type of thing, something like that. I, who knows if it'll work, but just different looks, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean – when you have a, a quarterback that can run, it's different than a passing. Like, he's not a passing quarterback that can run. He's a running quarterback that can pass a little. So as soon as you start getting away from where you're most comfortable, um, a team, this Ohio State team, like the basically every Ohio State team we've seen, once they jump on you, they finish you, you know, they leave no if, ands or buts. They go from, you know, a seven, three game to a 28 to three game like that. And that's what they were last year. Um, big play over the top to one of their standout wide receivers. Just, they are the big play offense. So what's the only way to stop a, a big play offense? Don't give them the ball. And the more we have the ball, even if it's, even if we're only, you know, even if we're punting from, you know, just 
on the others on the Ohio State side of the 50 and maybe playing a little field position, just running time off the clock and not giving them as many opportunities to go up. You'll get a team where, that has all the pressure on it that is as good and as hyped as this Ohio State team. You, We've all been in these spots where, you know, you're whatever game it is. If you don't jump on the team you're supposed to jump on early, you start getting a little, you know, a little skeptical. You start getting a little, wait, shouldn't we be up 21-0 right now? You know, why is this, why is this a 3-3 game? Or, you know, why is this still a one possession game? And it starts getting in your head, especially if, you know, week one, you're 17 and a half point favorites. If you come out and you're like, wow, this is a little tougher than we thought, you know, it's, it starts getting tougher. You make it tougher on yourself. And I think that's the opportunity that Notre Dame has even, even using the true sophomore, um, Audric Esteem, who only got a couple looks last year, six foot, 230 pounds. Like he can be your little short yardage guy. Just mix in every look you can get creative, get guys pulling, get guys, you know, get the little, um, zone read going and that zone read, even if you're running it four out of five times, you're going to have mayor in the flat, you know, you're going to have Lorenzo styles or Braden Lindsay on, you know, just slipping out where that's where their big play can come, can come from. But it's, it's something that I hope Marcus Freeman is establishing himself early because in that Oklahoma state game, it seemed like he was kind of along for the ride and the way that this Notre Dame team has been kind of shown to us is that he is the lifeblood of this. That's the difference of Kelly. Like these guys love him. They will, they'll die for this guy on the field. So I want to see him active. I want to see just maximum effort from, from play one. And if, you know, even if we don't come out with a win, we go, you know, this is a grittier Notre Dame team than we've seen in the past. Yeah, and I, especially for week one, the biggest key is going to is going to be big plays. I mean, if if you're letting in Jigba, Smith and Jigba go for like, like second drive of the game, if he's going for like a 75 yard score or something and you got to send your offense like right back on the, you know, it, it's going to be things like that that are going to decide this game. If you look, I mean, the last big win that Notre Dame's had, that Clemson game, Kyron right away, just that whatever it was, 60-yard touchdown coming right off the bat. You're like, okay, damn. It's a big punch in the mouth for the other team. And who was it that uh, returned? Awusu blowing that play up and taking the pitch from Travis Etienne and yarding it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but, like, win win the turnover battle – and big plays, it's going to, that's how you upset teams, you know, like somebody on defense is going to have to make a big play like that. Not necessarily cribbit or anything, but like a strip sack or like if Foskey could, couldn't get a strip sack or Joseph like picks off a ball over the top, something like that, you know, it's, it's going to be so critical for somebody to step up and just make a, a, a big play if they want to win. But yeah. And I, I hope to see, Jarrett Patterson out there because he's questionable right now. He's de- he's been dealing with something for the last couple of weeks of training, um, and they haven't made a determination on him yet. I mean, it's getting closer to game time. You only got 
two more days of practice, really more like one, one and a half um, until you head to Columbus. So if he's out there, that's a huge push, um, especially up the middle. Um, yeah, dude, that's a guy. All-American. Three-year starter. He, he's never given up a sack. There's no sacks to his name in college. And he's, a fa- he's the favorite to win the, uh, the Remington, I think it is, for like best interior lineman in the country. And he's like top, like the number one center coming out of college football, like for the NFL this year. So he's probably going to be a first round pick. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, it's a, it would be a, a massive loss up front if he can't play. But, yeah. And for I, those old linemen, dude, they run on, it's all fucking adrenaline. It's all adrenaline. So if he could, I don't know, inject him with something to numb it and he gets, he gets loose and stuff. He could play a full game for sure. He needs I think. to be but, out there. Like, it has, it has to be, and I, I don't like, you know, I don't want to put some, you know, a kid in, you know, harm's way. Like if he's really, you know, banged up that bad, you don't want him going up against, you know, Zach Harrison and getting, you know, a season ender, but it's hard for me to believe if he can go at all that he's sitting this one out, you know, like, like you said, adrenaline, like once he get, we'll deal with it later. Um, you know, when we play the uh, the marshals of the world, you know, maybe give them a give them a breather there. Don't don't keep them out there every snap. But week one in the shoe, um, I think you need all your big hitters out there. Interested really to see what this receiving core is looking like. Um, I think we've seen some good things from Lorenzo Styles, but we've lost our two best receivers that one of them left for the draft, right? And didn't get drafted. When he had a basically a career year, I look at it more like your it's your contract year. You know, you come back for your senior year, like that's basically the equivalent of your contract year. You skip it when your stock's not as high as it could be, go on draft to try to make it out of practice squad. Um injuries of made it so there's nothing too daunting you know on the outside you don't have a smith and jig but you have nowhere no one close but that's where you gotta be you gotta get creative with the Braden lenses of the world who for four years now has uh made just here and there these insane plays with his you know he's one of those guys that oh the track star every time he gets the ball you're not even talking about him as a football player you're talking about him as a track star um, Avery Davis out for the year that fucking blows because he's our Smith and Jigba. Um, and then Kevin Austin, it's kind of like, dude, bro, fucking stay at, stay with the Irish. You have a, you have a new coach. You've got a new system. I know it's tempting. Like who, you can make some guap now, dude. It's fucking NIL season. Make a little guap, hold you over, put up some good numbers. You go to a team next year. So pretty like I look at this depth chart on receiver and it's one of the weaker ones we've had I think it's probably the weakest receiving core we've had in a long time like who did has Jaden Thomas even played a snap I don't even know if he did I don't he didn't he hasn't made a big play or anything no and then you know we got Matt Salerno backing him up (laughs) yes Salerno has been there for a a generation of he's one of the one of the classic Notre Dame punt returners that will just 
we I don't think Notre Dame's muffed a punt in like 15 years with Chris Fink and the boys like just fair catch 90% the other 10% catch and fall forward and you'll take it yeah it just falls on his gut and I mean Joe Wilkins has made a couple of plays he might he's fine you know it's but it's nothing it's nothing to uh to run home about with with these guys but hopefully I mean Styles is young so hopefully he could be a guy this year yeah I mean it's you got to get creative. You have the most talented, I think Michael Mayer, um, best Notre Dame receiver or best Notre Dame tight end I've ever seen, Tyler Eifert. Um, he was, there was no one even close to him coming out of college in terms of prowess at the position, skill at the position. He was, you know, his NFL season or his NFL career was plagued, like brutal injury history, but Michael Mayer might be better than him and he's going into his biggest year, his junior year, and he's just gotten better basically every game he's been out there, baby Gronk. So know and take advantage of the fact that they are game planning for Michael Mayer 100%. There is no one else that they're thinking of outside of maybe Chris Tyree and his home run hitter threat that they are, you know, like inserting into camp like Michael Mayer this is how we're this how we're doing it this is how we're you know scheming him use that to get the the Braden Lenzies out into some you know creative different spots because you can't just line these guys up and you know run your normal route tree and expect them to be something special because they're not you know but when you can pull some rabbits out of the hat and get that little mid screen, you know, mix in that mid screen on a, on a seeming, you know, a, a play that is just reeks of, you know, inside zone, get that little mid screen, get styles out there, get the miss misdirection with mayor and styles or Lindsay going. And I just think like, I'm, I'm hoping with my whole heart that we you know, get a little, uh, get a little weird on offense, because if we don't, you know, we can only blame ourselves because that's the only way we can, you know, keep up because it's not, we don't have a, we don't have our 2012 defense out there. Um, I think our defense can be solid. And I think we have some decent depth um, with young guys on the defensive side of the ball. And then Foskey, who is probably a top 10 end in, in college football. And I think he's really, really in a position where he can put himself in a top two, two and a half round spot. So um interested to see how they game plan on offense. If, if they come out and they go run, 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 or um, Brian Kelly uh, against Bama, who they didn't run a play to anyone, but Kyron Williams for like the first 15, 20 plays on offense. It was run to Kyron, run to Kyron, run to Kyron, punt, run to Kyron, throw to Kyron, throw to Kyron, punt. So gotta get gotta get a little different. Gotta give these uh these Buckeye defenders different looks. I think if you do, you 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 uh that's the recipe for every Big Ten underdog that's beaten Ohio State, you know? That's what Purdue was doing. That's what Iowa's done. Penn State, when they've beaten good Ohio State teams, great Ohio State teams, they're not doing it, you know, fundamentals, just going, you know, through their through the motions on offense. So um, hopefully Marcus Freeman and, and Tommy Reese got, you know, some some rabbits up the hat. But 
other than that, um, hopefully, hopefully we can we can just slow down Henderson and then Jigba enough to where we can like the nation can take their their cocks out of their mouth and start like you know bringing them back down to earth. Yeah, and offense aside, I, the big key in this game, Notre Dame's biggest strength on on defense is their D line. I mean. The Admiola brothers both had very, very solid careers and came back. They could have the one, the one that starts Jason, he's, he's better than his brother, but, and he would have, he would have gotten drafted probably this year, but they decided to come back for their, for their last year had something to prove. And same with Foskey, he came back too. So they, they're, they're, they're very stout up front. Definitely going to miss Heinish. She had a good, he had a great season last year, but if, if we're seeing, these guys get put on skates like the first time Ohio State's got the ball, you know it's game over. Like right away, you could tell. So they, if they can, if they can hold up up front, get get some of these linebackers open. I mean, you're gonna have to tackle, obviously, but that's that's gonna be the biggest key I'm looking for on defense. If these guys are going backwards, it's, it's the game's over before it even starts. Yeah, and I think one guy I've been keying in on um, this off season who I think has really big upside this year is Cam Hart. Um, we saw some good things out of him last year. He's hyper athletic, um, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 200, 210-pounder, great size at the position. Um, it's his junior year. Again, that's the money year. That's where you kind of set the tone for for your career going forward. Obviously, you know, if you come back for your senior year, you can do what it takes then and have a good, good, you know, nationally kind of renowned season. But I think the prospect that he was um, coming to Notre Dame and kind of just getting better every year that he's been out there. I think he's a guy where it's like, dude, make a, make a big play in this game, whether that's, you know, taking one away from Stroud, he's going to be tasked with, you know, taken Smith and Jigba as much as he can. Um, so make a big play early, strip a ball, get on it, fall on one, like get the ball back to the offense. And we go from there. Um, other than that, like somehow Houston Griffith is still in college. Um, and still not, not starting. Even, really. <laughs> Dude, he's been right. He's, he's been riding pine for like six years. Yeah, it's crazy that he probably should have transferred, honestly. But, I mean, credit to him for sticking it out, I guess. I feel like he was getting recruited when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, crazy. But, but he is – he's still hes still good depth if one of these guys – he can play both positions. But, I mean, these guys – there's unknowns. DJ Brown's the other safety, and then Clarence Lewis is the other corner. It's – that's not – those guys aren't, aren't world beaters. From what we know of, I mean, who knows? They could have had crazy camps or – have something to prove this year, break out type of thing, but nothing's really pointing to that for me, at least right now. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see because the other, you're going to have, what's his face? Lewis, you'll, you, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. You get, you got the son of fucking hall of famer and the other guy at Brown is, it's going to have to tackle, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's tough though. These guys, these guys are going to have to step up. They're, they're thrown right into the fire. And same, same with some of these linebackers, too. I mean, Liafu Le, Le, was good last year, but it's going to – can can you be that next 
that next great linebacker can can you tackle Henderson can you do all these things you know so it's there's there's a lot to be seen on defense there's a lot of unknowns all, yeah. all over this roster honestly and I think that's the biggest thing that when you look at why Notre Dame has gotten boat raced in a lot of their big games and why teams like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State don't, you can't miss tackles. Like if you're in a position to make a tackle, I don't care if you are a walk-on or you're a five-star, you need to make the tackle. In those Clemson games, in that Bama game, we're in position to take down Najee or at least slow him up, miss, miss. When you're watching those Bama teams, there are six guys, seven guys around the ball, every run, every screen, you know, every, every one in the flats just collapsing on the ball. Like if we're able to just make the tackles that we should not miss tackles. I know it sounds crazy because we've, we've given about, you know, 10 variables here. And if we do all of them, we'll have a shot. I do think like we don't have to play the perfect game to beat them, but it has to be pretty damn close. Um, I'm interested to see if we give, uh, depending on how this, how Stroud starts throwing, getting the ball around the yard early. If uh, the four star we just brought in, true freshman Benjamin Morrison gets in there, um, watch him tape on him. He's supposed to be a lockdown cover corner. Um, he's on the smaller side, he's only a buck 70. So um, he's more of a coverage guy. So, you know, you got to pull, you got to pull your guys um, if they're not getting the job done. Like you can't wait until um, you're getting torched to make a change. So if it's looking like this guy might have a shot at keeping, you know, keeping Smith and Jigba in front of them or keeping Marvin Harrison in front of them, you got to make that switch. You got to put in the freshman. I know this team, especially on defense and the O-line has thrived on 50 years we always have a couple fifth years that have just been, you know, a couple years starters that are just back. Um, not exactly huge pro talents, but are good college football players. But everything yeah. needs to be thrown, like all caution needs to be thrown into the wind because if this game is a blowout, you know, it's going to be hard to rally for the rest of the season. And, I do not want like if I think if, if we at least keep it close, then maybe we still, you know, get some, you know, may, we take down USC. That'd be a big one for like the fifth year in a row. And then maybe we can beat a Clemson, not issuing for like the playoff spot, but morale will be that much higher. If we just kind of if we come out slow, which we have done in the past in these big games, like it's just OK, what? is this, any, is this going to be any different from Cali, you know? Yeah. And, and I was, I was going to say one last thing I wanted to hammer home about like the X's and O's is that I feel like in, in these games where they're getting smoked, it's like some guy will be so close to getting home and then somehow the quarterback gets free and then broken coverage, just bomb like 50 yards when it, when it would have been fourth and 12 or third and 15 type of thing. It's plays like that, that, that that it's so critical it, it can cost you a game damn near like or and that that has been a trend I feel like every time you're sitting there like oh what the and then that then you see the ball go in the air you're like oh yeah that's, Julian Love that's it. he he goes out he goes out with an injury next play Trevor Lawrence over the top 
uh, in that 20 Ross with the yeah. one hander, right? Yeah. Um, and instant next play. And then they get a quick stop, get the ball back right over the top again. And, you know, some of those are great players making great plays, but it's also that, you know, day late and a dollar short. Um, I, I don't mind the idea of, you know, gambling our season on this one game because the rest is about development. The rest is about being in a position, having Marcus Freeman put us in a position where we have a, we put a couple of these type classes in a row. And I, we're right now we're top, top one in recruiting for 2024. We put a couple top 10 classes together. Then in, in two years, we're looking at this game and I guarantee you it's not a 17 and a half point fucking game going into week yeah. one. We put ourselves, we build that squad that can compete for a national championship. I don't think this is the team that can, that is, I don't think this team is talented enough per se to like I don't, and run I don't the think, table, but I don't knows? think Buckner's Buckner's. I don't think he's the guy that's going to bring home the natty. You know what I mean? Of, of all the guys that they've had, he he's not going to be the guy most likely. So it's all it's all about building building what what you have to build to get there. And what a and what they a got, better they got way that, they got the five star quarterback coming in type of thing, you know. Like, and there's no better way than even if you win this game or you make this game close, shit, dude. Nothing better for you know Notre Dame recruits where you're where you're pitching that you're like we're not even where we want to be. We don't, we don't, yeah. we don't, we're not even, we don't even have half our guys that we're looking at for next year, the next two years to be holding it down for us. And we're taking the best team in the country. One of the most talented teams NFL scouting wise that we've ever seen in college football to the wire. Like you come here and we're winning that. You know what I mean? Where it's just like that. This is, this is us at 80%. In two years, you come here. We'll be at a hundred percent. And so I think this game means a lot long-term, at least in terms of Freeman, you know, building, obviously what was Optics. that Kelly's third, Kelly's third year. Um, we went to the natty. Um, obviously we had a crazy recruiting class. And after getting, I remember we went from top five to like 12 or 13 in our class after getting boat raced by Bama and everyone's kind of like ah you know I don't think we're going to win one here you've seen that and those and that's there's ramifications because those years they weren't that great in between until the team about like by 2018 you know that that was the next great team but that was the they the four and eight year like those teams were mid like going 2016 losing to Duke Northwestern yeah so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot riding on this game. I feel like we 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 touched a lot of bases on different aspects to be watching for, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure everybody's gonna have a Saturday at least. It's, yeah, it's it's night nighttime on a Saturday, so at least that that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm gonna be down there. A lot there, of good games too. Heading down, heading down Friday. Um, gonna pretend I'm in college for. Uh, for Friday night, at least hit the, uh, hit the Columbus, the spots, go out, have a good time. Um, then Saturday we're doing just, I'm going to be fucking shit face Saturday and I'm going to be ready to fucking go. I'll tell you that. And I hope to God that we at least stay in it for a while, make it, you know, interesting at half. 
but win or lose, we booze. I think this, I think this Irish team has a lot to prove. Um, and I think this Irish team is, is a little more, a little deeper and a little more put together than the rest of the country's, you know, kind of telling everyone that we are, even though I think this spread is more about Ohio state than it is about Notre Dame, but yeah, I definitely. Is. Let's fucking You're, go. That's a good dude. point. Here, here yeah. come here come the Irish. Yeah, let's 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 shock the world. <laughs> let's shock the say. world. Week one. I'll be I'll be I'll be at coaches. It'll be packed for it. Yeah, let's, uh we got we got Marty Ryan, Martizzle, Martini, uh little uh little celeb meet and greet. You wanna meet the kid at coaches? He'll be there. Um but yeah, here come the Irish. Could not be more excited. Um why not? Why not us? Because one last thing, if you want to give us a cupcake two months coming into the season to get everyone, you know, stoked off their cocks for Marcus Freeman, oh, six and oh, you know, like this team, this coach, I don't fucking want that because that's going to end that story. I've seen it a million times. We've started off way too many years like that and give like this false sense of, of pride of accomplishment give us the best week one give us marcus freeman's alma mater give us the best we'll know exactly where we stand you know early in in the first week of september we'll know where we stand as a football team that's all i ask you know everyone can shut their fucking mouths about notre dame's cupcake schedule because we're gonna play three conference champions this year most likely and I think regardless, this is the start of the Marcus Freeman era. It's different. And um, we'll just see what, what kind of, what gets put together on that field. Cause I think, I think there's a lot of guys that want this more than, more than just about anyone. So let's go Irish. We've arrived. We've arrived. Your samples Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Baby had balls should be the king. Get fucked. Our intramural team would beat Vandy.